Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. It was a long journey, but we've been reading through the New Testament in the order in which the books were written, and today we finished that job. Uh, that's just amazing to me. Now we're in Third John, and just in the back half of it, so we won't. This won't be a very long, difficult class. But to let you know what's coming up, if you've not heard the announcement already, uh, RCF Harbor at the Soundstage has a wonderful resource, and a man named Rick Hunter. He has been a great voice in the African-American churches from California all the way east for decades and decades. And he has been attending at the soundstage and helping us. And you might have seen him sometimes uh, standing up to do a prayer or the like. But we are going to work now on Jesus stories and do it a little differently than I've done it before. I've always just been on my own. Uh, But this time we're going to sit at a table and you're going to hear a conversation about each of them as we work our way through, starting with the Gospel of Mark, the stories of Jesus. And we're gonna, we're gonna try this for about four months and see how you like it. I think you will, and I hope that you share this with a whole bunch of others so that you can, um, you can learn and so that you can send in your questions, because we would love to have your questions or your comments or your attaboys or whatever, however that goes, all right? This is gonna be fun. It's going to be fun, and, and it'll be right next week. We don't plan to have any breaks here at all. Now, some of you, um, when I first asked, we got only votes for Just Jesus Stories. That's all we got for weeks. And so we made this decision. We set up uh, Dr. Hunter and myself to do this, and then we started getting a few, well, I'd like the, the Old Testament. Maybe you could handle it this way or that way. I'm, I'm thinking about how to deal with that. Our board isn't really excited with me adding a fourth video every week because they think I'm working too hard. Uh, But I still, there are some questions about the Old Testament I'd like to answer. So I may end up doing a series of special uh, videos on that. We've even talked about doing a long form video where I'm talking for two or three hours, um, whether with other people or just walking you through thoughts. And I know for most people, they don't do long form, but it seems younger and younger people are, and they listen to them on a podcast as they're driving, as they're running, as they're at the gym, whatever that is. So hang in, we'll figure this out somehow. We really want to give you the content you need for your faith and to answer your questions. We are your church. Uh, We're your, your brothers and sisters, and we feel that community. Even with those of you that have never checked in or let us know where you are, but we'd like to know. All right, are you ready? Second John, chapter, well, gotcha, no chapters. We really stopped at verse six. Um, I'm gonna back it up a, a bit, if I may please, and um, make sure that we are covered. Hang on, uh, second John six is where we are. I said third John, sorry. Second John six is where we went through. Oh, uh, so we'll get this, ready? Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in a flesh have gone out into the world. 
any such person is the deceiver and the Antichrist. For 2,000 years, people have been looking for the Antichrist, and they'll see Mikhail Gorbachev and the, the wine skin stain uh, birthmark on his head, and they will, you know, they would say that was a mark of the beast, and the ISBN numbers were the mark of the beast, and the little scanning things at Walmart were the mark of the beast, and just goes on and on and on, and that these were signs of the Antichrist, where John already defined it. Those are Antichrists who go out and deny that Jesus is the Son of God who came in the flesh. A lot less drama, but a lot more truth. Watch out that you do not lose what you've worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Just very briefly, Gnosticism was beginning to be a thing at this stage, and there were, there were proto and pre-Gnostic things going on. And one of the things that um, people that are more intelligent than you and I, and they want us to know it, back in the day were thinking was, well, Christ was a good first step, but now we have to go on and, and, and grow from there. And in fact, a lot of the New Age movement that kind of took over America in the uh, late 70s, all through the 80s, and probably up to the mid 90s, was really the same as the old Gnostic. And that is, well, now, you know, Jesus was a great man of God, but so was Buddha, and so, and just keep naming, and these great avatars, and the 12 sons of God, all of this type stuff. Already people were saying, all right, we got Jesus, now we, we're, we're going to run ahead and have secret knowledge, and we're going to do more. No, you just need Jesus. So hard, so hard to get people to this. Well, we need Jesus, but but, but we, we also we want a big fancy, really expensive building, and we want to have all of these different rules that differentiate us from the people who go to the other building down the street. No, just, just Jesus. Anytime your religion is Jesus and, you have gone beyond Jesus. Don't do that. When Cammy married Patrick, she didn't marry Patrick and. You don't go beyond, and we are married to Christ. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. So once again, there, was, there were those already speaking about a division, um, that the Father was separate from the Son, and it gets complicated, and John's just saying, no, if you've got one, you've got the other. If, uh, by the way, as this is being recorded, which is ahead of time, uh, we always do that, we are having to replace some windows in our house, just age, you know, things happen. So uh, when my wife calls around, some people will say, well, will the decision maker be there? And my wife is very quick but kind to tell them that in our family, we're both the decision maker. And that if I'm out on a welcome home tour and she sees something that she thinks, all right, that's the company we're going with, she can do that because we are a team. And if for some reason she's away, maybe visiting her parents in, uh, in Texas, and I'm at home and I, I can make the decision. This is not a big deal to us, but it seems so shocking to, to people. They want them all in the same room. Well, we understand sales and pressure tactics, and no thank you, that's not the way we work. If you have one of us, you've got both. And this is the same with Jesus. You've got the, you've got the Son, you've got the Father. And we would even add, and you've got the Holy Spirit. So he goes on, if anyone 
comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. I will confess that this troubles me a bit because Jesus ate with people that were called sinners and he scandalized people, especially in the book of Luke. The book of Luke is all about who Jesus ate with. And you are who you eat with in the first century. So it was quite the scandal. So why here would he draw a line and say, they cannot come into your home. You do not fellowship them. You do not let people think you fellowship them. And I'm not really sure that I have a good answer to that, frankly. I've read some commentaries. I've listened to some people, but it seems like we're all grabbing to find a way to make those two things work. And it could be that there was such a danger when Second John was written that it was best for some period of time not to let people who disagreed with you on this point be thought of as being part of your movement. And I must confess that if you say you don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, I would, um, I'd have a very hard time working with you you know, at, at, at the sound stage or the like. I, I, I would. And if that's a fault in me, I would certainly uh, fess up to that fault. But I don't think I would turn you away and I think I would still meet with you for a meal. And so this is a struggle for me. And if you've got a solution to it, you can let me know. Uh, right now, I'm just going to say, I think there must have been a special situation unfolding at this time. And he's not making a rule for all people at all times. Now, my father took this very literally, and whenever Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses would come to our door, he would never let them inside. He would step outside, and he would talk to them for hours outside, but not inside. And even there a couple times, I remember going out, and there were there was snowstorms, it was cold, and we're standing out there on the porch, undercover, but not going inside. And my dad would say to me, because if they do not bring teaching that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that he, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are God, then they can't come into the house. God says so. And again, I'm not sure that's what we should take from this. I think there was a special circumstance going on. We're reading somebody else's mail and we don't have all of it. So we just kind of have to figure this out as we go. But I think copying the example of Jesus will not get you in trouble with Jesus. So there I am. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. <laughs> let's, let's forget verse 13 for a second. This is one of the reasons we do the welcome home tour. We can communicate versus face, rather via um, Skype and FaceTime and um, we can use email and text and we do and we love all of those but I like to see you face to face, tell you you're loved and then ask you, how can we love you better? So those of you um, that are next up on the World Welcome Home Tour, whatever that is at this time that, that you're watching this, uh, pre be prepared to be asked, how can we love you better? All right, third John, here we go. It's a quick one. Uh, oh, verse 13, the children of your chosen sister send their greetings Oh my goodness, that's where everybody starts wondering aloud, well, was this to a church or to a person? And why would one sister be chosen? You're reading somebody else's mail. 
and you don't have to figure out this mystery to go to go to heaven and be a part of Jesus's family so moving on third you're allowed to do that third John verse 1 the elder means him to my dear friend Gaius who I love in the truth dear friend I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well it gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth dear friend you are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers even though they are strangers to you they have told the church about your love you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of god it was for the sake of the name that they went out receiving no help from the pagans we ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth obviously a personal letter can we glean any great biblical truths from this I think one, I think one we can, and that is, it is right and good and proper to support ministers and ministries that are doing good. And that if you have the opportunity to show them hospitality, whether that is um, you know, coming and meeting me on one of these welcome home tours, or whether it is uh, you know, setting up a meal for the ministers or whatever it is, do that. It's hugely encouraging. It's the only thing that kept Paul going, and he's very open about that, and it's the only thing that makes me going, uh, keeps me going as well. So, hospitality. I can remember, and by the way, this is not a plea for funds. This is not a plea for funds. I'm doing fine. But I can remember a couple of decades ago even, I was in my mid to late 40s, that somebody shaking my hand and putting a 20 in it made all the difference about how I was going to eat on the road that day and next. My board says I don't eat enough on the road, but I'm just trying to save them money. But this was, I have the money, I could eat. Uh, back then, nobody knew that we were living on, on an edge. But every so often, somebody would hand me, you're going on the road, here's some cookies. Now that kind of backfired because there was one time, literally, I just, all I did was speak on a Wednesday night and I needed to drive on to the next city to speak on a Friday. It was going to be a long ride. And a lady gave me this huge bag of homemade cookies. Another lady brought me cookies, homemade or store-bought, I don't know. And another lady brought a pie. How am I going to, but thank God for people like that. So I shared a lot of cookies and pie with people. Um, all along the road. I was thinking, I'm going to be too big to get out of the car. Uh, but again, it was a sweet problem, wasn't it? That was a sweet problem. Showing hospitality to the ministers. Um, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. I don't know who decided that, maybe Hallmark Cards. Um, and my particular tribe in which I was raised, they didn't call ministers pastor. But regardless of that, there was never a card. There was never a thank you because it wasn't part of the tradition, I guess. I would suggest to you that anybody who is doing good, whether they're pastors or not, and you, if you can show hospitality and kindness to them, do so. Um, some of them are just little notes people wrote us saying thank you we love your lessons or we love the, this particular video or 
you know, we watch the worship, whatever it is, these, these are gold. Now, there's not money in them. That's not what we're looking for. There aren't cookies in them. I checked. It's just a sweet little short note. Sometimes on, on beautiful cards, you know, um, and sometimes just a little note. That's, that's so sweet. Keeps it going. Show hospitality, right? Uh, show encouragement. Not everything is golden. However, in Gaius's world, verse 9, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. What kind of person would you have to be to say, oh, the Apostle John, huh, that little guy, well past his prime there, I'm the leader here. Have I met people that like that? I think, yeah, I think so. I hope I've never been one of them, but I've certainly met them. Um, so, verse 10, if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that, with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Well, I'm not the Apostle John. I'm not anywhere near his wisdom, his quality, or his character. I'm a, I'm a faulty individual just like you. Our faults might not be the same faults, but we all have them. Uh, and I don't have fewer than you. We're, we're, we're not John. However, it is pretty rare that the tribe in which I was raised now invites me to speak. I always warn them if they do that they will get letters. There will be emails. There will be phone calls. Because there are some people who believe it is their job to be the guard dogs and the watchtowers and the gatekeepers of the kingdom. And if they don't agree with me on some things, and, and they say they do not, fair enough, they, um, they want to make sure that if you invite me, you know you're going to be in trouble and they may disfellowship you. In fact, I've received letters from churches saying their church is disfellowshipping our church, which isn't even biblical. There are no examples of that in scripture or even in the early church. But to remain doctrinally pure, they have to make up a new doctrine and then enforce it. it happens all the time. And it's very, very sad because I've never disfellowshipped anybody and don't plan to. Um, there are people who do not consider me their brother, but I consider them mine. Not because I'm holier than them, but because I've been forgiven and I know they will be too. So, <clears throat> If there's a diatrophies in your church, and I'm sorry, but there are a lot of churches run by one person, one family, one group, and they decide who's in or who's out and draw the lines, you, you, need, you need to ease away from that one. You're never going to change it from within, not unless you're one of the people causing a problem now and you get a conversion experience. Uh, this is always true. Any organization, somebody, will try to write it as a, as a road to power and then keep exercising that power as a justification to stay in power. Diotrephes was one of those. So how should we fight them back? We don't fight them. We don't argue with them. We don't debate them. 
we wish them well and we walk on. John says the same thing. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and, and even by the truth itself. Uh, another way of referring to God saying, listen, every measure we have, Demetrius is a great guy. Take care of him. We also speak well of him and you know that our testimony is true. So pick the person that treats you with love and grace and doesn't stomp you with power. Pick that person, doesn't do the drama, doesn't do the histrionics, but instead gently just goes about doing the work of Jesus as best they can. Pick those people, be a part of those people. Several uh, people are finding out when I go to a town, wait a minute, there are other people around here listening too? And they're actually forming house churches. We hope that you're doing that or that you'll be part of one, if you can. We know some people still very, very hurt by churches and they need to be alone. Got it, we got it. But for the rest of you, it wouldn't it be nice to choose a community like Demetrius of people who love you and want the best for you and have no interest in any power play. Well, let's find them. Let's go to work. And he finishes, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. Uh, I always wondering how you're going to write them then. I hope to see you soon and we'll talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. I like that ending. I really do. And you are my friends. Thank you. Told you it's going to be shorter. Has to be. John was getting older. And there are those who say John didn't write these. You know, we can't prove. Fair enough. But I see no value in endless arguments about things like this. Because look at what we learned reading these two short books. First John, absolutely John wrote that. And I, as far as I'm concerned, he wrote the other two because again, there's no profit and, or evidence to say otherwise. Let's just go with it, all right? Live your life for Jesus. Enjoy your day. And I'm letting you out of school early, so be kind to each other out on the playground, all right? I'm looking forward to next week and a new format. Please tune in and fire off comments, questions, texts, live tweets, whatever. Let us know how we can love you better. Cheers.